1: Hello. 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 Uh, as you already know by the title of this, we're going to get into some anxiety discussion mm, uh, with yummy. Caroline. Does <laughs> a nice little anxiety <laughs> crunch. Uh, but before that, <laughs> we, let's preamble. Let's pramble let's here. let uh, Because we have two pramble things to preamble about okay. that we're going to pramble on. Uh-huh. The first is a, a little uh, addendum.
0: Yeah. yeah just a quick, uh, an editor's note.
1: A little note.
0: A little um, uh, redact. Red, redu, re, what? Oh, what, what happens when We're, a you know when to, when a newspaper makes like a mistake and then retraction? They, a retraction? Yeah,
1: so uh, two episodes ago, <laughs> as of this one going live, uh, we
0: the, the how we argue episode. How we argue.
1: We talked about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to point any fingers.
0: Absolutely not.
1: You're not going to point any fingers, Mm-mm. right? Yeah. Someone
0: uh-huh.
1: with like a male sounding voice uh-huh. uh, on the show. There's many hosts, so who knows who it was? So many
0: hosts to did choose some from.
1: pretty incorrect math. <laughs>
0: Absolutely incorrect. Um, I don't know if you listening listened to that episode and you caught this. Right, uh, we, most we, of you probably did. We though. got a
1: handful of of catchers. We got
0: some notes yeah. about it.
1: A couple of cinnamon rollers reached you might, out.
0: You might remember the segment where we um, on three said, "How many times do we think we've like argued or like fought in our life?"
1: Right, and before that, and, before that, we had done the math of how long we'd been together no we did it after that this is what happened okay. because remember
0: you said like a thousand or something and i said like 40 and we were like gotcha. why are those so gotcha and then you said well think about it we've been together for 11 years multiply that by 300 days a year yeah, yeah. and we 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 threw in an extra zero
1: yeah we said 40,000 we thought we'd been together
0: for 40,000 days <laughs>
1: damn it it feels like it sometimes yeah. you know yeah. it's uh it's actually 4,000 yeah and
0: yeah. i resent you for that because i <laughs> thought that 40 i th- i was like i'm an idiot like 40 yeah. yeah we've been either 40,000 days and i thought we argued four times now i'm feeling like 40 is i mean we've argued more than 40 times for sure but right. anyway i just think that's so funny picturing people listening and like we we went on like a full 15 minutes thousands
1: we talked about thousands for a long so time long. yeah
0: whatever number we like landed on was definitely based on this like 40,000 math yeah and uh, that whole thing was wrong.
1: I feel like we landed on like 1,000 to 2,000, which when you know the real number, (laughs) basically we argue every other day, you know? (laughs) And unfortunately, it really
0: makes me laugh.
1: Yeah. So, just a quick little retraction slash addendum slash math note for everybody. Yeah.
0: Annotation. Uh, Amendment.
1: Just in case you were wondering, ten years at three hundred and sixty-five days per year is actually closer to four thousand than Mm -hmm. forty thousand. It is. That's just a quick math lesson for the day. So, what do
0: we? How? How? What's the real number of how many fights do you think we've had in four thousand days?
1: Well, I think I think like five to ten percent of the time is kind of what we say. It's like two hundred. 300 arguments. Two to 300.
0: Yeah. Wow, like that. that feels... God.
1: <laughs> Jeez.
0: I'm picturing... Just I'm just so certain in our Yeah,
1: I, I'm just picturing wherever you folks listen to this, whether you're cooking or you're exercising yeah. or you're driving or, you know, whatever you're doing. And you just, like, have this, like, the, the when a dog hears a whistle moment where its was head that, turns. What was that? And you just went, wait, hold on. And you paused and you thought to yourself and you said, uh-huh. I'm gonna do some simple math. And
0: then you thought, They'll get it. They'll, yeah, they'll they to figure this out. Nah.
1: Nah. Nope. <laughs> didn't even know <laughs> about it for the second episode that or the episode that went up after that. So anyway, that's a retraction. It also
0: tells you how I'll tell you something I'm not good at is like quick math.
1: You're not good at quick math. I'm so bad I'm I usually do, decent. I can do like
0: algebra, but yeah. I can't do quick math. I'm My usually brain just decent. like doesn't wanna do it. And so I in our relationship, the quick math is squarely in your territory. Right. And so what happened was, I didn't check you the You just deferred. Math. I did. Yeah. I was just like, I trust you. Which I really appreciate. Thank you. Yeah.
1: But maybe <laughs> hey, check my if work. Hey, this
0: ship is sinking, <laughs> we're both on it and it's sinking together.
1: 40,000 days under the sea. <laughs> All right, that's our preamble number one. Preamble number two, uh, we have a...
0: Pretty big addition. Pretty
1: big addition to our house. We rent, so we can't do any major uh, renovations. Right. But... This is pretty major. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal for sure. We haven't had one of these uh-huh. in a home in seven years.
0: Yeah, it's been a long time.
1: Seven years. What do you
0: think it is? Is it a new dishwasher?
1: Well, is it like? Is a, it do a, you have like a smart fridge? Is
0: it a pizza oven?
1: Um, is it like a oh like a waterbed? You know, like uh-huh, maybe you had a waterbed uh-huh, uh-huh. seven years is ago.
0: Is it a hot tub?
1: Uh, what is it?
0: <laughs> it's a toaster.
1: <laughs> it's a two slice toaster. We got
0: a two slice toaster. It's a
1: two slice toaster. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's the thing. We uh, just got back from a, a road trip uh, where we stayed at an Airbnb. There was a toaster in it. Uh-huh. We toasted bagels, English muffins, gluten-free breads it all It was kinds. a
0: revelation. That thing,
1: you put it in, and like a minute later, you've toasted bread.
0: And you know what? That's a lot faster than turning on broil, letting the oven heat up, yeah. putting your bread Not in. Not very efficient. It takes eight minutes for a bagel to heat up. Not
1: very efficient. But you
0: know, about. it taught us patience.
1: It did For seven years. Yeah. And you kind of could like make your eggs and like get your vitamins and like get like a drink. And by the end of all that, that your your bread's toasted. It
0: would be warm. It
1: would be warm. (laughs) Warmly maybe toasted. Yeah. Um, So, well, we also did discover that the broiler in our oven broke, so we got that fixed. Probably from using it every day to toast toast That's probably true. Anyway, uh, why this matters to you folks is that there's a funny reason why we have not had a toaster for seven years. And Caroline's here to tell you (laughs) why.
0: (laughs) Okay. So this is back when we were living in Florida uh-huh. and Jason was out of town. Yes. He was on a work trip. It was just me and Plax just hanging out. Yeah. And I woke up early in the morning to feed Plaxco as we used to do. It's still dark. I'm not a morning person. And I just kind of like stumble into the kitchen, right. which is where his food was. Right. It was like in a corner. And out of the corner of my eye, I turn on like the low lights, you know, like the low kitchen lights. Now the corner of my eye, I see like a little
1: scurry. A little a scurry. scurry. Yeah.
0: Across the kitchen counter, mm. and it was a, a cockroach. Ugh. And if you Anybody live in, in Florida, listen, yeah, you just you live in Florida. It's like a tropical, humid
1: cockroach festing ground,
0: <laughs> breeding ground. So it's not like I was like that, you know, grossed out. But I'll tell you, when I was grossed out,
1: yeah,
0: it scurries, it scurries, and I'm like, oh crap, I gotta, I gotta. Honestly, we used to kill bugs. It feels weird saying it now because we don't kill bugs anymore. Honestly, we like release I would them into the wild. Still
1: kill a cockroach? I don't think I could. They're just gnarly. Oh, They're uh, gnarly.
0: What, what makes them more gnarly than just like a a, a spider that or an ant?
1: secretly they can fly, but they choose not to? They choose to scurry?
0: <laughs> Until you get close to them. And, <sighs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway. Sorry, everybody. Um. So, yeah, I was getting ready to kill this cockroach. And then, before I could get to it. Get your wits about get you. Get my wits about me. Yeah. It crawls into the, the toaster. toaster. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can never use that toaster yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm in this like weird existential moment where I'm like, do I toast, toast it? it? <laughs> do I toast it?
1: But that's like a slow death. It, you know, it like, felt
0: honestly, I couldn't in that moment. Like it felt too, too,
1: too much sinister. Yeah, or like
0: basically electric chair, yeah, of yeah, yeah. a cockroach. So. I decided mm-hmm. that what I would do is just unplug the toaster, carry the entire toaster into the garage, put it in the Garbage. trash can, put the lid on top, and uh, Jason returned home from his work trip. Didn't and he tell said, me.
1: didn't tell me, but uh, I noticed the toaster what happened? was in the trash can. And I
0: said, oh yeah, 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 I threw that away. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, a uh, cockroach uh, <laughs> went into it and he said... So you threw the whole thing? I said, "Yeah, that was the only way to kill the cockroach."
1: <laughs> I just picture a normal person might like hold the toaster upside down over the uh-huh, trash can, uh-huh. and, like shake, and yeah, like then, all the crumbs would fall out. And the no, then you're would getting
0: fall. too close. Then it yeah. might crawl on your hand.
1: Right, because it it could be upside down. I listen. Yeah.
0: I I stand by my choice. Yeah. And so from that moment on, we did not get a new toaster. We just for fear
1: of harboring a homestead <laughs> for cockroaches. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It
1: was like inviting them in, you exactly. know? Exactly. It's so, like they yeah.
0: clearly liked it in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we just coped, and then we moved to California, and then we just didn't.
1: didn't. have one. Did we? Well, no, because we didn't have, like, we only moved with the stuff that we could fit in our I car. Did
0: Clay and Julia have a toaster? No.
1: We didn't have a toaster. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Anyway, what a revelation for us. A yeah. new toaster. So congrats seven, to us. Seven
1: years later, yeah. uh, we stayed at enough Airbnbs that had toasters that we thought, mm, yeah, we'll mm. add one to our home and picked one out just did some quick research on wire cutter looked at some amazon reviews two slices were just two people we only really have two slices of bread two halves you, of a bagel
0: you don't need to justify your toaster
1: choices well i just feel like it's you know you went through i went through a, a journey yeah a whole thing and, and now we own one and i made toast for the first time this morning
0: yeah i was out of bagels so i have to you have to unfreeze them
1: yeah put your yogurt in the toaster see what <laughs> happens all right that's enough of the preamble uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, the retraction of math, and then learning why we haven't had a toaster for seven years, but now do have a toaster, and hope everyone has toast today, <laughs> and you're not completely grossed out by tarmac bugs.
0: You know, speaking of toast, very recently, remember how we just talked about, when we were growing up, um, butter and cinnamon sugar on toast was yeah. like the move yeah. of moms across the country. Of that was the move. Yeah. Sweeping and the nation. What? Sweeping, Sweeping the, nation. the nation. And I've seen it so much on Twitter lately, of people being like... Guys, remember, just yeah. straight up, like, I can't believe it's not butter and cinnamon sugar. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah.
1: yeah. So are you going to do that, or no. you're just pointing at
0: yourself? I just want to, to share
1: it. Okay, so let's get into this conversation. We have recorded a couple episodes where we've talked about your journey with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really our journey with anxiety at this point, although it That's affects cute. you more than it does me. It certainly does. Um, and then, you know, after, so kind of like the quick recap of, of your journey with anxiety, Maybe just catch everybody up if they haven't listened to all the episodes. Sure, and
0: I also want to explain like why we decided to record an episode now. So, for those of you who don't know, I <clears throat> I was pretty much diagnosed with general anxiety disorder in two thousand fourteen. That was like really when it started, even though it was like happening it's right before around the time that. of
1: the toaster. Interesting, interesting, interesting. interesting. <laughs> We're gonna have to unpack
0: that in therapy. Um, but you know, I started having really physical symptoms of anxiety. Um, like chest tightness and heart racing and dizziness and all these things. And so it, you know, went to the doctor, did the whole thing, and they were like, I think maybe this is anxiety. Turns out it definitely was. And so it's something that I've had to struggle with on and off throughout since that time. In 2019, January of 2019, was when it really hit like a low point in terms of not realizing that a lot of my underlying um, I didn't know this at the time, but a lot of my underlying chemistry in terms of like my nutrition, a lot of my core vitamins and minerals were off.
1: He had some genetic weaknesses we didn't know about.
0: <laughs> I have some genetic um, predispositions to certain things. That...
1: I say that in jest because yes. that's what the doctor said. Uh, yeah, the doctor know. was
0: like, yeah, it's okay. You just have a couple of genetic weaknesses. And I was like, excuse me, what?
1: Ooh.
0: And three years later, my husband hasn't <laughs> let it, let me live it down. It's a joke. Wait, it's fine. Um, He has soft teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, and so there are a couple of things that make it harder for my body to hold on to certain vitamins and minerals, so I have to supplement. Anyway, long story short, it was this perfect storm in 2019 of my chemistry being off, um, not having a ton of really good coping mechanisms I would say so for the first six months of um, 2019 it was really really hard Um, I experienced the worst symptoms that I've ever experienced it started with a symptom called um, derealization or depersonalization which is really scary it's where kind of like the best way I can describe it is your perception is detached from the reality around you very scary literally thought I was like on the verge of psychosis which terrified me Probably should have done a trigger warning at the beginning of this.
1: Um, well, I did mention that we were okay. talking about it. That's anxiety, true, and it is in the
0: title. So, it, if this is at all,
1: yeah, I'll put it in the working you up at all. Well. Please
0: don't listen to this episode. But I, I do really think it's important to talk about because so often we discuss my anxiety after the fact. Yeah, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I've gotten to the other side of it, and I'm in the middle of it right now, and so I want this to be an episode where if you are in the middle of it, or if you are struggling with a chronic illness or mental illness or pain or things like that where you feel like you're struggling every day you can come back to this episode and I hope it reminds you that you're not alone in that and there are people that go through this also
1: yeah just to I'll shore up the timeline because I think like it's a little bit all over the place and and even for me like it's like okay let's kind of like set things so 2014 general anxiety diagnosis kind of like between then and 2019 we did some different uh, diet stuff you know you just change as a person, whatever. So 2019 hits you with this terrible physical bout of anxiety that starts with the depersonalization. Through a lot of different testing, multiple doctors, all these different things. You took an online course. You read books. I mean, just so much stuff that you did in 2019, mm-hmm. a bunch of self-care, not doing much work at all, just really focusing mm-hmm. on you. After about six months, you started to feel normal again. No. No? No. Okay.
0: After about six months, I started to take the vitamins. And that right. was the beginning of the journey to feeling normal. I do, I would say I didn't feel normal until December of that year.
1: Yeah. I guess I meant you started to like feel different. I didn't feel sure, sure, sure. normal. I meant like six months was really tough. And then maybe the next six months after that. I started that, to
0: see it changing. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: and it was kind of like, I think the important part of that, what I want to bring up is it's not a flip of a switch. So
0: Absolutely. it's it's the
1: starting of a marathon Mm -hmm. like at the end of mile one you have not run a marathon
0: right you you have that's why I wanted to to clarify because it was not just six months and then I was normal it was like six months and I you know and I also I say that because I think it's really important to understand the you know exhaustion that people go through who deal with mental illness and like six months of Battling every day is, like, it wears on you for yeah. sure. And so, you know, I, I clarify that to wear it almost, not, like, as a badge of honor, but to remind myself, like, I did that. And for six months, I tried every single thing that I could think of, and I never stopped trying. And finally, after six months, something started to change it and shift it. And then that was the beginning of the journey of, like, coming back to being a normal person. Yeah. Um, And I did get there. and. And that's also what I want to tell people is like, you know, if you are in the middle of it, it does change and it does get better. Um, even though when you're in the middle of it, you're convinced that you'll never feel normal again.
1: Yeah. It's like anything. I mean, it's not like anything else, but it's similar to other things in life. Uh, and one that's very unrelated, but I think we can both, you know, uh, pull story from and, and experience from is being in what feels like crippling debt huh. when you're in crippling debt. And, and we know that some of you listening to this probably have a lot of debt and it, and it weighs on you. Mm-hmm. We know what that feels like. We felt that burden in 2013. It honestly feels like you'll never get out of it. Yeah. And anyone can give you the debt payoff plan. They can say, hey, in, in five years or 10 years or 15 years or two years, whatever it is, here's the path to get mm-hmm. out of it. here's what you need to do. But in that moment, mm-hmm. when the weight is sitting on your shoulders, it's so hard to see the light at the end You'll of the tunnel. You'll be
0: like I'll never f- know what it feels like to be unburdened. Exactly. In this way.
1: And I feel like for for anxiety and mental health issues and chronic illness issues and and those types of things, while I can't relate to them having been through what you went through with you in 2019, I do fully understand and and sympathize with people who it's it's just really hard to see that there's a, a an outcome mm-hmm. that's better than what you're feeling right now. Absolutely. And and I hope that in this episode, because part of why we're recording this is that you're feeling crappy right now, mm-hmm. and we wanted to share not like you said, kind of the oh I made it through that. It's actually to share like you just got emotional a minute ago, and that you're you're feeling that way right now, and how you're trying to work through it.
0: Totally. And I'm glad that we talked about the um you know I feel like it's gonna last for everything because. One thing that's the hardest thing to put into practice, but that I come back to every time I'm in what I call the hard times, capital H, capital T, TM. I'm in in one of the hard times Yeah, it's a
1: newspaper. No one wants to read it. Exactly. (laughs) Um,
0: When I'm in the hard times, there are some things that I come back to. One of them is that as hard as it is to believe, I continue to remind myself that it will get better and that there is going to be a day where I don't even think about the way that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. And even though that's really hard to believe, I like hold on to that hope and I hold on to that um, forward thinking day. And I visualize that day. And I think, you know, I try to live in that day in my brain because doing that helps me shift my thoughts away from the hyper fixation on the way that I'm feeling right now in this moment. Um, you know, that's, you know, I just realized, you know, and all these people who talk about live in the moment, not a lot of people talk about what happens when your moment is just like unbearable. Crank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live yeah. in the future then. Yeah. Live exactly. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of funny. But um, that's what I do is I just go, even when my brain wants to tell me the lie that this is how I'm gonna feel and fixate on God, you know, especially right now. So we didn't really finish the story. So I've been feeling fantastic yeah, for so, the majority uh, of the past year and a half, yeah. I would say. And then For whatever reason, we don't know if it was, you know, full disclosure, we got the second dose of our vaccine and I had no side effects. I had no fever. I had no chills. I had no muscle aches, nothing that people talk about. And a day, the third day I woke up and was dizzy and dizziness is kind of like a recurring symptom for me, but this was like a vertigo dizziness. This was like the, the room is spinning dizziness and, um, it was really scary and I still don't know if it was a side effect or if it was like a compounded thing where, you know, we've talked a little bit about my eye thing. We I'm, I'm switching up some of my eye prescription. I don't know if that's has something to do with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's just a weird timing thing. Who knows? It doesn't matter. I would still get the vaccine over and over and over again.
1: Yeah.
0: But here I am, you know, a, a week and a half. What is it? A week Almost and a, two weeks. Almost yeah. two weeks.
1: After the second shot. After,
0: after I started feeling dizzy. And it's still here. And I still, you know, I have to struggle with the vertigo feeling all throughout the night. And then during the day, it feels like I'm underwater. Like it feels like I'm dizzy and, um,
1: but it has gotten better from like day one, two or three when you were feeling dizzy, because you couldn't even get up for sure, you know? And, and like,
0: well, I think also I've gotten a little bit more brave in the sense that the first couple of days, You know, this feeling would come over me so suddenly that I was afraid to move because I was like super afraid that any way that I turned or moved my head too fast or something that the room would start spinning. And so I just kind of like stayed still, and that was kind of miserable. And so I've just gotten a little bit more brave with it, where I'm like, I'll just march around the house, and if I feel dizzy, I feel dizzy. Like Jason will be here. I'm not gonna pass out. That was another thing. It's like I really felt like I was gonna pass out. So now that I know that I'm probably not gonna pass out. Um, I get a little bit more courage to like just do stuff and just, and that's something that I've also learned is really important is with my anxiety journey is to practice desensitizing myself to the sensations because so I don't, you know, maybe you can't relate to this, but if someone deals with physical, physical symptoms of anxiety, I feel like you'll be able to relate to this you have all these physical manifestations of your anxiety, whether it's dizziness for you or it's chest tightness or I can't breathe. You know, the, or your heart's racing. Your heart racing, yeah. like all of these physical sensations. And you become hypersensitive to those sensations. And you find yourself in this feedback loop where you're sort of bracing yourself for that sensation. Then you experience it. Then you hyper-focus on it because you th- you just can't not. Um, and, and then hyper-focusing on it makes you feel more abnormal and then it just cycles through. Yeah. And so I think this was actually something I learned in the book, The Dare Response, which was helpful. Um, if you're looking for resources for your anxiety, I read this, or I did the audiobook of this book, The Dare Response. And he talks a lot about the desensitizing yourself to the physical sensations of your anxiety. And what that means is like kind of shifting, practicing, shifting your thoughts away from, um, focusing on it. And so this is something that I have practiced, and I do find it to be very helpful, even though it's really hard in the moment, is just practicing like almost letting go, like surrendering to it, just letting it exist, letting it coexist in your brain. Yes, I feel this way, talking yourself through it kind of thing. Um, and so that is something that I think has been getting better over the past couple of days is like I've just been practicing desensitizing myself to it.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I wanted to touch on was kind of this idea of compounding things tend to lead to an anxiety flare-up mm-hmm, for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's probably something that I've noticed as the person who stands by you when this happens is that we're always looking for, like, what, what caused this? Like, yeah. and, and what we find is that there's usually never one thing. Totally. So for this, it was probably this most recent spell that you're in right now um is the lead up to getting the vaccine at all yeah there's anxiety there Absolutely. no matter what i felt some anxiety totally. to it nervous about it um the unknowing of all these people saying they have symptoms after the second mm-hmm. shot what symptoms are you or side effects are you gonna have mm-hmm. you know and, and so it's like it's just that right it's just the uncertainty mm-hmm. uh, we went to the eye appointment and we got your eyes retested because you've been experiencing a little bit of vision stuff and like that's a, there's a lot of anxiety in that. We had to drive to L.A. from San Diego to L.A. It's like the worst drive ever. You know, yeah. it's like you start going through all these things and then just the general anxiety of living right now yeah. with things that are going on in the world, things that are going on with race and like that continued conversation. It's like all of this stuff. When you start to write it all down yeah. and just like look at it all, you go, yeah, no wonder, yeah. you know? And I think that's part of, as the person who stands on the side and sees these things happen to you, these flare-ups it it, to me it's just like a yeah no shit you're gonna have an Mm -hmm. anxiety flare-up because there's just a lot happening and for someone like you that gets affected by these things and and you've mentioned this before but it's probably worth repeating is like you kind of exist as like an open nerve Mm -hmm. and you're very sensitive to a lot of different things well think of all these things that are coming at you yeah and, and maybe you listening to this uh cinnamon roller you might even be thinking to yourself like oh, I feel that a lot right now, just in you listing those things out. Mm -hmm. And some of them aren't even happening to me. And I think that's a big part of just taking stock of where we are in life right now Mm -hmm. and what's going on. And so if you're someone who deals with these types of feelings to maybe try and just not necessarily do anything about them, but to make, notice of them so that you can say, Oh yeah, there's a lot going on. And so my anxiety is just showing me that there's a lot going on
0: for sure. And I think that helps to just kind of treat yourself with compassion. Um, you know, I don't struggle anymore with that feeling of like frustration with myself, you know, about it of like, Oh, I should have done. I should have, could have, would have that kind of type of thing. I don't struggle with that anymore. Um, But I do struggle with the frustration of, like, usually in the first couple of days of, like, a flare-up, I live in this place of, like, anger because I'm, like, I felt fine a week ago.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think there's, like, this – anybody who deals with anything that's, like, a flare-up or, like, a chronic illness, like, there's this weird grief that goes on with grieving the normal times or grieving – like, God, if I could just go back to a week ago, you know, where I felt normal or, I mean, one thing that is positive is like, you know, I was thinking to myself as I was working out and I'm, I'm still trying to exercise, but I'm just doing it really slowly and doing what I can. We do
1: check-ins. We do text check-ins. Yeah, yeah. we
0: check-ins so that if I pass out, Jason can find me. Um, but I thought to myself, you know, God, what I wouldn't give to just do like a really hard workout. Like, I would love to just be... Running around and like
1: getting some burpees. I would oh, love you'd a burpee. Love some burpees.
0: I know I'm a freaking <laughs> serial killer. Like I never <laughs> thought this would be me, but I just want to do a burpee and I can't. Um, but anyway, and I thought to myself, like you know, I sh- I almost caught myself saying I should have been more grateful when I was full, you know, fully able-bodied and able mind-minded. Yeah. But the truth is, I was really grateful. I was. I made sure every day that I felt normal to be, have gratitude for that. Um, But it doesn't make it any less hard when the hard times come and you don't have that anymore and you just grieve it. You grieve the feeling of normalcy. Um, And so it's hard for me those first couple of days when I live in like the angry place of just like, oh, and I, and I go through this place of like, why me, you know? Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. and, And I, I really... Have learned, especially since 2019. Like I'm a fixer, so I don't know if those of you listening, you have a partner and like you're the fixer in the relationship, yeah. or they're the fixer. And anytime anything goes wrong, you're like, okay, let me get the spackle, let me get the <laughs> sanding. You're
0: gonna say spatula for some reason.
1: Let me get the spackle, <laughs> the spatula, and let me fix this wound. Yeah, and uh, and it doesn't work, you know. I mean, it it, it yeah. going into fixing mode for the opposite person in the situation. It, it almost does more harm than good because there is nothing to fix.
0: Right. And, and, and that's absolutely. a big thing that we've learned. And thank you for saying that because I think that is such a big learning that we've had of moving through this as partners because also what it can do when you're trying to fix or when you're trying to help is it can make the person who is dealing with it feel like they're not doing enough. Right. Like the message that sometimes you can get is like, oh, you're not trying hard enough to get yourself out of this hole that you're in. And sometimes, with especially with mental illness, like you're in the hole, like, you know, um, and trying to fix it can sometimes cause more harm than good. Now that's not to say that something that I did find helpful was like getting to a place with it where I am taking the control back and I'm trying things every day that are going to help me. Um, whether that's like my mental health routines, you know, meditation really helps, physical exercise helps, going on walks really helps, um, Distracting myself really yeah. helps. Like um, Survivor. Survivor, man. Oh, I go back to seasons. Thank God. There's like a bajillion seasons of Survivor. The, I just, show. We're the yeah, show. We're talking about the show. Yeah, we're talking about the show. Because also there's something really strange about like seeing people sleep yeah. on the ground where I'm like, it's not well, that bad. at least I have a bed, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, at least I'm not like it, it, subjecting myself to psychological and social torture yeah. on a deserted island. But um, yeah, I, I just, I really think it's important to share some of these emotions because we've just had conversations with Waymers and we know there's so many of us that struggle with mental illness or struggle with chronic illness or pain or things of this nature. And it can be so isolating. Yeah, And I know even for me, like something I was kind of going through in my head today was, you know, oftentimes we're very transparent inside of our um Waymers way community so we'll we do monday videos monday check-in videos and we put them in slack and we just tell people what we're up to and so i didn't even do last week's video which is very rare i
1: think it's the first time in like a year and a half that you haven't been i just couldn't standing next to me and
0: then this this monday i could but i was just we were honest about like how i was feeling and you know everyone's always so kind and they're just like you know we hope you wish you a, um, a fast recovery and take care of yourself and all this stuff. But something about seeing those messages, it made me... It reminded me of how often I've seen those messages. Yeah. And how often people have had to say, you know, I hope you feel better. And if you're a person who deals with like a chronic type mm-hmm. of issue, seeing messages of I hope you feel better can sometimes be really triggering because you're like... You just feel sick all the time. Yeah. Like Like that's how I feel sometimes is like this this thing that I live with, it makes me feel sick all the time and it makes me feel weak, which is not the truth. I know that's not the truth. And I know that trying to, you know, I, it can cause suffering for myself to think like, why am I this way? Or, or, you know, I wish I wasn't this way. Like that doesn't help anyone because I am this way and I'll be this way for my whole life. And that's okay. There's really beautiful parts about it, you know? Um, about being a sensitive person that might be more susceptible to anxiety. Like there are flip sides to that coin, but I wanted to share that feeling of just feeling like the sick one.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I, I'll bring it back to the example of debt just because I think it's helpful to have like a external example. It's not related is there's a, a period of acknowledging your debt, confronting your debt, building a debt payoff plan but there's a there's a portion in there where you just have guilt about it. Because mm-hmm. you're like previous me, and I'm speaking on my own behalf, made these bad decisions mm-hmm. that now we carry the weight of this mm-hmm. for years to come. And and it, it comes back around. And you're like, oh, we have like, you know, twenty thousand dollars left to pay off. Well, if I just hadn't made these stupid decisions, right. we wouldn't have twenty thousand you know, and, and there's those spirals that you get into. and I, I think part of what you you realize in your journey in doing this through anxiety or me through some of the practical things that we've been through in life, is that it doesn't serve you to to be in those totally. those spirals in your mind. It's not like you can just say, like, well, don't be in them, but it just you you realize then afterwards like, Okay, well, that's fine. Like that's a thought I had, and I'm acknowledging that that's a thought I had. But I'm just gonna move on.
0: Totally, and that's that's exactly where I arrived at. It's like the shame of being the like the shame
1: monster, the shame wizard from sh- what uh, uh, Big Mouth, the oh, character of the shame that. wizard. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, the sh- yeah, like having that shame. It o- it doesn't do anything to help. It yeah. only makes it worse. And so that's kind of. Like exactly what you just described is me recognizing that I have that feeling, that ping of, ugh, again, people have to hope that I get better soon and and feeling the weight of that. What is that trigger for me? Why do I feel, you know, where does that, that weak feeling come from? And then reminding myself that that's not a true story. Yeah. And reminding myself that actually, you know, a person who – does the mental gymnastics of all of this all the time, that takes an incredibly strong person, an incredibly resilient person. And no matter how many times I go through this, I always, you know, pick myself up and I get through it. And I have to remind myself of that. Um, I think one thing that's been really helpful for me is ever since 2019, I've kept journals and I don't write in them every day, but every couple of days. Um, And what's really helpful about that for me Um, it's in it. It's, I do different things. I sometimes I check in and just say like how I'm feeling and I just do scream stream of consciousness. Sometimes I write myself little pep talks. Um, sometimes I talk to my inner child as if I'm a parent, a parent, you know, like you're so strong, like you can do this. Like I, I do different things every day, but what's really helpful about that is that I can go back to, to some of the hard times and I can look at what, how I felt, remind myself that I felt this way. And then I can skip ahead to some of those times where I came out on the other side. And I can say see like we've done this before and you start to have this sort of like data point set yeah. that you can go back to to remind yourself that listen you're just in it right now and there's yeah. going to be a day where you're not in it anymore. And so just keep doing what you can every day. Yeah. Um and 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 I share this with I don't know if I've written in the newsletter about it, but something that I am comforted by that maybe is just unique to me, but I'm very comforted by the the marching on of time. And maybe I've talked about it on this podcast before, but even in the days where there's nothing else that comforts me, I'm comforted by the fact that time moves forward and it will carry me even when I feel like I can't move forward. And what I mean by that is like, tonight I'll go to sleep and tomorrow I'll wake up and it'll be a new day and yeah. I can try to have a better day. And the day after that, I can try to have a better day. And there's something hopeful about that.
1: Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you to share some of the things that you do think have helped you that you've learned in the past couple years, Mm -hmm. because I think the really important thing to mention, and we've said this in a couple different ways, but like, there's just no one cure all. Absolutely. Everyone's different. And I think the one disclaimer is that you have never tried any prescription medication Mm -hmm. for this. And that's just a decision that we have made you've made yeah um but we've talked about it we've gone you know in 2019 definitely was something that you explored a little bit um, but just decided like we wanted to do everything else possible before doing that not that there's anything wrong with it at all not and we at 100% all. advocate for anybody who wants to take uh, medication for your mental health but it's just been something you haven't done so I think you know when you share these things someone might be like well why isn't medication in there and if you want to speak more to that you can yeah but,
0: I, I'm such a you know, believer in medication, especially, especially now understanding the depths of, especially like during the twenty nineteen where like my chemistry was off, mm-hmm. and like just understanding that there was nothing I couldn't even use some of these tools because I was like already at such a deficit, mm-hmm. so I had to get the nutrition and the underlying chemistry under control, and I was able to do that through nutrition instead of um, medication. But I believe that if whatever you need to do in order to get to an even playing field is what you need to do. For me personally, it was actually, you know, I think it's interesting that some people talk about medication. Like it's like, it's not the brave thing to do. I think it's the brave thing to do Yeah. because in a weird way, I was too scared to take medication. I was already in such a place where my anxiety, I have a lot of like health anxiety or just in terms of like, even when I like, it was really hard for me to even start taking supplements because I was so afraid of what they were going to do to my brain or my body. We're talking about like
1: vitamin C. We're talking like vitamin C. Yeah. I I see
0: these influencers schlepping vitamins and I'm like, you guys are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What are you putting in your body? Anyway, I'm very, um, scared about putting stuff in my body. And so when it came down to it, I felt too nervous about medication and what side effects might be, you know, and, you hear stories about people being like, "Oh, I had to try a couple of different things because the side effects were crazy," and I had it and I was like, "Mm, yeah." For me, um, and again, that's not to scare anyone. That's not to say. That's just to say that for me personally, that that's what went into it. It was not a stigma around medication. It was a personal choice that I couldn't couldn't bring myself to do. Yeah. Um. So some of the things that have helped me, well, I have a very long list. Yeah. Um. Something recently that has really helped me that I don't see a lot of people talking about. This is for if you struggle with um, ch- tight chest, ice pack on my chest has come. Has this is a very like practical thing, but in moments where I can feel because if you're somebody who carries your anxiety in your chest, it gets literally the muscles in your chest get so tight, tight and tense, intense, yeah. and it's so uncomfortable. I have found that just adding like an ice pack to my chest and trying to relax really helps me um medication really helps me um aromatherapy so like I actually need to order a new lavender stick online but Let's lavender really helps me because I use that as like a cue to my brain so I will put on lavender before I meditate and I'll put on lavender before I go to bed and it just kind of signals to my brain not only like the actual properties of calming properties of lavender but it signals to my brain like hey we're going into like a relaxed state right now and I think there's a compounding effect of that and I'm I'm not a scientist, but I think, like, a Pavlovian thing. We just play one
1: on a podcast. Thing.
0: We do just play. Also, Parenting Expert, we play that. We
1: have some parenting advice.
0: Journaling has helped me tremendously. Meditation has helped me tremendously, um, especially in the early days of my anxiety. Like, going to sleep at night was, like, torture. Yeah. Um, because you're, it's, like, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but it's, like, kind of the one... During the day you can distract yourself. It's like the one time where the world falls away and it's just you and your thoughts and also like your partner is asleep and it's just you
1: yeah. and
0: you're alone. And like that lonely feeling was really scary for me, but I have since worked through it and, um, I am just a big proponent of having a bedtime routine. Yeah. I, I do the lavender thing. I do a sleepy tea thing, yeah. which is like...
1: We've uh, joked about it on this before, but it's literally just like a Valerian tea. Yeah,
0: Valerian and, and tea. And it's,
1: it's literally called sleepy tea. Yeah. And so we just always joke we're like, oh, you're getting so, so
0: sleepy. Sleep. We like talk to me like a baby. It's yeah. fine.
1: Even when you're just opening the package, you're like, be careful. Be careful. We don't want to fall oh, asleep in the kitchen. Sleep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so I do that tea. I do the lavender. And then I listen to Calm. Either I do a meditation on Calm or I listen to their like sleep stories or their music anyway, any of that will help me fall asleep. And so now that I have a routine, this, the nights are not as scary right now, because of the vertigo thing, I do sense like once the sun starts going down, I have this anxiety that bubbles up because I'm like, Oh shoot. Like the, the day, the times when I feel the most spinning is at night and when I'm in bed. And so it's like, I, I kind of like put on my boots and like, get ready for a, a battle that's about to go down, which is hard because then I don't get good sleep. And yeah. so then you're in this like cycle of not getting good sleep. Um, but sticking to my routines helps. Like having a routine really helps me. And finding things that bring me joy that I can distract myself with so that I'm not in my head all the time thinking about how I, the sensations I'm having having, and how I feel and will it last forever and kind of living in that neurotic
1: place. Yeah. Um I think those are all hopefully helpful things for everyone on like your what's helping you right Baths. now baths. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, again, the point that I'm just trying to make over and over again is like there's just not one cure-all. So it's about trying to find the things for you, dear listener, of things that you try that might work for you. And so maybe your anxiety is worse in the morning, and so you need a better morning routine. Maybe mm-hmm. it's worse if you're starting to work, which we haven't talked about at all yet, but maybe you need to give yourself permission to not work as much and to take some time off. And And I think that's one of the things that's really hard about anything involving mental or chronic illness is that taking time off feels like you're setting yourself back. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, and at least what I've seen in in close proximity to you is like the more we try and force putting work on your plate, the longer it extends the really difficult time of this, as opposed to saying like, no, let's just remove everything from your plate possible. And again, this is a place of privilege because we work together so I can carry the load of that. And our business is all combined. So it's not like you have your own business that you have to run anymore. Um, And I think that if that's the case for anybody listening to this, where you are a solopreneur or you're working on the side by yourself or anything like that, I would say you definitely just need to get someone to try and help you, whether that's hiring like a VA to try and take over everything for you for a couple months or whether it's just putting your business on pause and just saying, you know what, like I have credit cards for hard times and this is a hard time Mm -hmm. and being okay with that. And and we've had to be there, too. In 2019, Mm -hmm. we had to use credit cards to pile on some bills because our money slowed down. We just didn't have as much. Half Mm -hmm. of our team was down. And we just said, we're just going to use this as leverage. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of those decisions that you make, and definitely want you to talk about some of the work stuff, but some of those decisions you make are good for your short-term health, and they may stink for like long-term getting ahead financially, but that's okay because you're still going to have more time to work later on.
0: Totally. I mean, you touched on a lot of things that I would agree with there. Um, And we live in a culture where, we would like to believe that work is the most important thing and it's just not Yeah, like you don't have anything. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything if you don't have your mental health. And so in those moments where I feel disappointed because I want to be working more, I want to get ahead or projects have to get stalled. I remind myself that the most important thing is my mental health. And like you said, the more I force it, the longer, the more like detrimental You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. The more detrimental it's going to be to my mental health. And so I have to remember my priorities. Also, I have to shift my thinking into realizing, for example, like, I'm like, you know, I didn't get barely anything done yesterday. And I'm like, gosh, like, I wish, like, why can't I just finish the workbook or whatever, a coaching workbook? And it's like, hey, you're not operating with the same tools that you were operating on two weeks ago when you could get this done in a day. You are carrying so much more mentally than you were two weeks ago. You are fighting a battle. You are tired. And so giving myself the compassion to be like, that's okay. Um, you know, I, I'm i not a mother. I don't know what this is like, but I imagine it's the same way that women, some women um, have talked about like, you know, they want to get back to working out or whatever after. And it's like, hey, you're not the same like, fitness level or body or whatever you were before you carried a person inside of you for nine months. So give yeah. yourself like a little bit of compassion for where you are at right now. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. Um. The way that I hear that conversation being had is kind of how I have been thinking about the expectations that I have for myself when I'm operating with a different set of um, limitations. limitations. Yeah
1: yeah, and I think there's a whole episode of this podcast that we will eventually do that is just about work culture and and how you know we've talked about it in many different ways and the things that we try and do to combat work culture, which is like the societal pressures issue, or just the entire ethos of the show of what is it all for, um, coming up with your enough number, like all of these things to really try and buck up against the system of of work. But it is even something we deal with because we put arbitrary deadlines on ourselves. We have consistent things we have to do, like writing a newsletter, showing up for this podcast. and and there are just there are times when you have to say, "I can't do those things," and that those things have to get pushed, and you have to be okay with that. And I think that's the big takeaway for me from like the work side of this that I definitely learned and tried to lean into in two thousand and nineteen was, we're going to do our best, but we are not going to force the things that we did before when mm-hmm. you were that different version of yourself right now when you're in a place where it's just a lot more difficult mm-hmm. for you.
0: Yeah, by the way, this is also why we preach so much about consistency when you are feeling good. Right. And like really you know, trying to keep that that engine running when you can yep. so that when you go through the hard times and the periods where it's harder, Um, you know, if you have to take a week off or whatever, your audience trusts you because you showed up, you know, in the times when you could.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have anything else that I wanted to share. Do you have anything else you want to share as we wrap this up?
0: No, just that, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you just, you deal with the, the daily struggle of all of those things that we mentioned, I just want you to know that I am with you and that I, I see you and I see how hard it is and I see how exhausting it is. And I see the battle that you go through day after day after day. And just know that like somebody else is out there battling too. And that, you know, the battle that you're experiencing right now is not always going to be the battle that you experience. And that there's going to be a day where you feel good in the future. And we just have to keep believing in that day and working towards that day. And knowing that to be human is hard and each of us was built the way that we were built for a reason, you know, and
1: be grateful that we don't live in a time when anything that goes wrong, we just get our teeth pulled. <laughs> yeah, you know, we talk about that we all, joke the time. all the time. Like, Oh, like Ooh. I feel really anxious. Pull a tooth. Pull Let's a see tooth. if it helps. You know, just, <laughs> just you don't have a lot left. Let out left, some blood. See just what happens. Do it. Yeah. It is, a, it is a joke, but it's also you know, like we're living in a time when there is more technology. There's more ways to learn, but it's also something where you realize like we're still so far away from understanding. Like, I wish I had a wearable device that could just tell me like, oh, hey, uh, you're dehydrated. That's actually why you're feeling the way you're feeling today or or you're low on these vitamins or this food that you ate, like set your levels off or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, we don't know any of that stuff. And it's, it's kind of crazy to live in a time when like we're so advanced, but Mm -hmm. we're so not advanced yet in some of these things. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, But I hope this episode was helpful. I, I will just say kind of like my last thing as the person who's on the outside trying to be supportive is just one of the things that... I've just learned is just trying to create space and as hard as it is to be a fixer and wanting to fix things is just knowing that, you know, creating the space and trying to be emotionally available as unemotional as I am most times. No, um,
0: you do such a good job. Yeah. I, I,
1: I just think that that, that I have seen is just, it requires patience. It mm-hmm. requires a lot of just putting aside the things that you would do if you were the other person, because it doesn't even help, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I learned that early on of like, well, try this and try this. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but, that's not anything that i feel like is going to help me
0: yeah some of you're you've gotten so great at it and like i'm so grateful that you have done the work to try and help me through these like periods of time and some of the best things that you do are just to sit with me and and just say i'm sorry like the acknowledgement of the battle that i'm fighting because yeah. it's an internal battle and some that's what's so hard about this sometimes is like all you desperately want is for someone to say, I see how hard this is for you, but nobody knows how hard it right, is Right, because it's you. not
1: a physical external injury that you right. can see.
0: So some of the best things that you do for me are just like, you just, you know, put your hand on me or hug me or just say, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. And to me, that's like an acknowledgement of like, I see how hard this is for you. Um, and that goes so much farther than you can even imagine. Also, you got me really cute little flowers today.
1: That oh, we have a sweet. cute local flower shop called Hey Flower Man. And there it, is like an adorable person. Hey Flower like Man. Hey Flower Man.
0: Um, so that was really sweet. So like the, the sweet things like that just make me feel loved on, supported, and, you know,
1: Well, I'm happy to make some gluten-full cinnamon rolls for you to watch me eat if that would help.
0: <laughs> wow, I would, that would make be that would so really much good. better. That would yeah. be good. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, that's a joke. Uh, okay, well, I hope this was helpful. We're going to skip movies this week, uh, mostly because we didn't watch movies this past right. weekend because we were on a trip, uh, but we will be back in action next week with some movies. And just to give you guys a heads up, we're probably going to be taking a break from the podcast here around the summertime. We usually take a month or two off. So... Get those reviews in, in <laughs> Apple Podcasts, you know, you're not gonna be able to submit them while we're away because you're not gonna hear from us and you're gonna our podcast doesn't exist to you doesn't until we exist. come back. So uh feel free to to do that. We hope this episode was helpful. Uh hope that you got some resources that might help you if you're on a, a, a struggle and if you do need some actual help. Please seek help and don't feel any guilt or shame about Ooh, it. Oh, I didn't
0: even mention therapy. Oh, my God.
1: Therapy. We are huge advocates for therapy. Huge
0: advocates for therapy. I'm sure you
1: guys have heard ads for all kinds of apps now. BetterHelp and things like that. Please make sure to check those things out. Um, yeah. Don't feel guilty about any of that stuff. No.
0: I, this sooner. I mean, I wish that I would have started going to therapy so much sooner than I yeah. did. Yeah. It has helped me a tremendous amount in just my anxiety journey. So... Yeah. Yeah. Get those resources that you need. You're seen. You are, I see how hard you're working and listen, we're all human.
1: Yeah, that's it. All right, we'll be back next week and we hope that this was helpful. Okay? Bye. Bye.